0: This podcast was recorded at the American headquarters of the Aetherius Society, located in Hollywood, California, where service is the jewel in the rock of attainment. So let's introduce our, who are Should we who
1: are, you? who are we? I'm Brian. I'm Richard. Richard. Yes, just checking, checking, Check. <laughs> Thanks for coming to help us uh, with these uh, podcast lessons. And today is the fourth in the Nine Freedoms, and this is Enlightenment. And this is a a big change from the first three. I think at least those of us who are honest with ourselves, we're working on the first three. Bravery, love, service. These are the steps that we're currently working on. And everyone who's on the path really are, are working on these three big, important steps. But the next three, enlightenment, cosmic consciousness, and ascension, are kind of like the senior school uh, freedoms. And we kind of look up to those and we are preparing ourselves to go through those freedoms, but we really aren't there. But its if we look at this particular freedom in depth, we can start to see how we can really focus on the first three freedoms. And again, Marcel of the sixth puts a very nice, um, uh, simple way of looking briefly at these three first freedoms. And of course, bravery overcomes fear. Love overcomes hate. Service overcomes selfishness. And the one we're on now, enlightenment, overcomes ignorance, and that's uh, a real easy way to kind of remember it and put it into into order. Um, before we get too much into enlightenment, though, we do have one very good question, we have several questions, but we have time for one very good one from the podcast land, and that's from um, last week. The freedom service. And this is the question. How important is it to detach or let go of the result of your service? That's a very, very good question. And um, Master King tells us that one of the the secrets, one of the real um, tricks, if you will, of love, healing and prayer is to detach. That is a big, big secret. Is If you're going to be doing a prayer, you, you say the prayer, give it all you've got, put everything you can into it, and then detach from it. Same with healing. If you're giving healing to somebody, give healing as deeply and as powerfully as you possibly can, and then detach. And that detachment is showing that within you, you know that this will work. It has to work by law. It has to work. The prayer has to work. The healing has to work to one degree. And we know that service is love in practical action. And so it's the same thing. If you're giving service, however you're going to give that service, you give it to the best of your ability and then you detach. You let the fruits of the service go. And, of course, we know from karma, karma yoga, it's very important to not look for appreciation or not look for people to thank you for what you're doing. You're you're, you're giving service to God, and you want to help the person as much as you possibly can, but you aren't looking for them to thank you. So it's a very good question, and it is a very important point, a very important secret to detach, let the fruits go.
0: In love, we have seen um, miracles, miracles performed um, in this country and throughout the world. And I was talking with Brian this week again, that um, it would be nice to put together some statistic, um, some data which is always good to use as a a measurement. And the world has, in the last four decades, experienced an enormous mortality decrease as a result of severe weather. There are a number of reports that I discovered researching this in the internet And it's interesting to note that as of 1980 in particular when the Saturn mission commenced, the Saturn mission to those of you out there, it is a special mission that was presented to the Master King in 1981. And essentially it is a mission in which specialized energies are collected, are transmitted rather, and placed into a battery, this battery which is now a storehouse of unique spiritual energies is taken over a psychic center of the Mother Earth and then it is dispersed through a, a cooperative system in which extraterrestrials are taking the energy from the battery and interlacing it and dispersing it into the finer actions and workings of the psychic center that the battery is now on a boat, the energy is being released and melding in with the psychic center's energies, and it disperses throughout
1: the entire planet. It's important to note that it's um, on the outpouring of the energy from the psychic center. Of course, psychic centers both go in and out, but in this particular mission these energies are mixed, intermingled with the energy going out of the psychic center. One of the side effects
0: that was told um, about this unique mission, the Saturn mission, is that 90,000 lives were saved from death or severe mutilation from the action of a single phase, the Saturn mission. Now, if we look at statistics, going back to love energy, because it's all about energy, spiritual energies, Going back to the 80s and into our current day, as of 2006, we have a severe, I mean, it's a wonderful statistic, by the way, a severe drop in mortality, in death rates, in circumstances where there's vast tornadoes, huge tornadoes that rip through countrysides and not only dance around, but actually rip through towns and people's lives are completely, completely saved. Somehow they're standing, and this has been reported many, many times, where they're standing in their living room and the tornado rips through their home and somehow they're in a cocoon, wrapped in a cocoon of some sort, and they're protected. (coughs) Families, seniors, any, this may, what age, and this is all across the world. In particular, recently, in the Uh, The large storms that came through the Midwest, a thousand miles was affected by these storms that ripped through Texas and up through Nebraska, and as you read, into the Midwest. And many, many lives were saved. Why? We go back, and always go back, to spiritual energy. We always go back to these unique qualities of the cosmic masters, how much love they have for this planet, and how truly they've impacted us. We're talking about floods. We're talking about tornadoes. We're talking about hurricanes. Just once to taste it before we move on. In 1980, there was a drought, and 10,000 deaths were the result of this drought. 10,000 people died. And then from 1983 to 2006, only in America, by the way, only 12,434 people were killed, approximately. That was from 1983 to 2006. That's significant, that's 23 years. One year, 10,000, 23 years, 12,000. Look at the difference in the, the, uh, the deaths that are being saved, or the lives that are being saved. It's, in, it's fantastic. We're in an age of miracles. So I wanted to bring that up because it is a demonstration of divine love in its wonderment being enacted on this world And we just so happen to be a part of this great history being written for our world. Very nice. So, now that we are here...
1: Should we start with the... the pronouncement?
0: Yes, let's start tonight with our glorious cosmic master, Mars Sector 6. However, we have a question. Pre-question. Yes
2: we
1: have a little recap of last week? Last week, of course, is the freedom of service. And service um, is love and action, love and practical action. And that really is the keynote in these days. That, that's the, the most important point to pull out of that freedom is... We are being told in these days that it's no longer time to go into the mountains and try and raise yourself up. But it's important to come into the cities, into the population areas, and give service as best you are able. That really is the, the key point. And in doing that, you will raise the kundalini and you will go forward in advance in a very natural, unforced manner. That's the essence of service, last week's lesson. We learned Of course, that. the advantage of the podcast is you can always go back and listen to the lesson again.
0: As the Master Mars Sector 6, I'll read quickly for you. Um, the greatest yoga is service. The greatest religion is service. The greatest act is that act
1: done in service. That's
0: last week. That's pretty much right where we're at right now.
1: services really is the jewel, and he described it as the jewel and the rock of attainment. And it's—you uh, can do nothing better these days on earth than serve. Good question. Yes. Well, let's uh, let's push on, and this, like I say, is the uh, the senior class. Now, uh, Enlightenment, the first of the senior, the three senior classes, and let's start. Uh, Mark with extract number one, which is let's let's first of all get ready, prepare ourselves to feel the energy and the power from this great master. It's very short extract, so let's try and really grab it, grab the energy and the power. Let's close our eyes, just slow the breathing just think for a moment, expand your mind beyond Earth. Float up above this beautiful green and blue planet of ours. Just imagine for a moment a floating satellite up there. Floating around the Earth, giving love and energy and power. And from one of the preeminent masters, Mars Sector 6 has this to say about freedom number 4. Mark?
3: The force of freedom will uh, be enlightenment.
1: Now, I will read a couple of sentences after that. Freedom from ignorance can be brought about by all terrestrials who are willing to expend sufficient energy to bring this elevated state into being. There is but one major sin upon Terra. that is Ignorance. It, it might be good before we get too far into enlightenment is to have a think of what is the definition of, first of all, enlightenment. We know it services. We learned what love is. And we know what bravery is. But what's enlightenment? Enlightenment a term that's been used throughout the centuries in different ways by different Um, religions. And in this text, enlightenment is basically the early stages of meditation. It's when you raise the Kundalini up to the the um, the third eye. That's in essence the definition here of enlightenment. And then next, let's find out what ignorance is.
0: We haven't um, thought about ignorance and it becomes more than apparent that there are many guises to ignorance, there are many forms and masks of ignorance. And it's displayed throughout, through our daily lives and throughout the world, and it is very important to recognize it. Um, There is an interesting analogy with ignorance regarding, for instance, our being ignorant of our divinity on a day-to-day basis, moment to moment, uh, that we are divine beings living on a divine planet, a divine solar system, in the divine cosmos. That being said, living that day-to-day is a very challenging way of life, and ignorance plays a role in us not realizing and acting in that light. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days of the year. And one of the interesting things about ignorance is that its sister is indolence. And indolence is the non-caring. I don't care about the people across the world. I don't care if I'm a god spark. I care only about my troubles and my needs and my wants. That is an indolent behavioral pattern which sets up the continuance of ignorance. I ignore, I ignore, I ignore is a, it's almost as if we put a callous shield around our divine being, our illumination. We create a shield that prevents the finer forces of nature to enter in. We create an ossification of our beautiful chakras, these jewels in our aura to to vibrate and to revolve and spin and to glow. It becomes diffused. They become ossified. They become dead. And it's no wonder why we don't have brilliant flashes of more illumination while we don't have day-to-day outstanding mystical experiences. Why? Because we are ignorant. Enlightenment dawns upon those who adopt, as we'll learn today, the wonderful simplicity of God, that we are part of this wondrous divine simple. So ignorance is the exact opposite of enlightenment. Just as Brian pointed out from last week, we learned that the opposite of service is selfishness. The opposite of love is hate. And the opposite of bravery is fear. So you combine fear, hate, selfishness, and ignorance, you have the world's history
1: encapsulated right there in four words. And it's future, unless people can learn the freedom and enact the freedom. But did you want to read um, that extract about...
0: uh, Yes, we have an extract from a holy work, which we've introduced, and we'll be introducing a little bit more throughout these forthcoming freedoms. And it is one of the first major books, if not the first major book, written by Dr. George King, entitled, You Are Responsible, and it was uh, first published in May of 1961 and I'm referring to a chapter which is entitled Cosmic Logic and the Master Aetherius, one of the Chief Communicators from Interplanetary Parliament uh, speaking to Earth, uh, decided to uh, present us with these wondrous truths and I'm taking just a little segment of these precious pages, and hoping that it brings to light a little great light, rather. So, the Master Aetherius. The very fact that you were interested enough to come tonight proves the stirring of conscience within you. Heed it, and let it be your guide, your teacher, your illuminator, and you cannot go wrong. You can lead the world from the dark chaos that your atomic scientists and your materialists have put it into, up to the shining light of bliss, which is so wonderful as to be beyond all description. Surely, you would not sit with your foot in a naked flame. You would move yourself away if you could. Why sit, shivering, in the cold darkness of ignorance, which you yourselves have fabricated for yourselves, when you have only to raise your mind to that thing, that indescribably beautiful thing, that real thing, that true thing, that flame, that inspiration, that wisdom, that love, that perfection which is within your very souls at this very moment." That is a part of this wonderful, wonderful book that uh, we recommend all of you, if you have the inclination to acquire and study. You Are Responsible, a very uh, subtle title. (laughs) By whom? By by Dr. George King, yes. Available here at um, the headquarters and throughout the Ethereum Society sold in
1: all our headquarters and branches, as well as online. Shall we go on to uh, Extract 2? This is really where Mars Sector 6 gives us the real kernel of this freedom. That's again the Paracels. And again, it's very short. This one's about a minute and 15 seconds. But it gives the real essence of this freedom. Mark number
3: two. A bravery a dispensation of pure uh, love, a service. Uh, These attributes uh, can uh, help the aspirant uh, to bring enlightenment into being. Enlightenment is a a result of uh, the a uh, controlled application of specific energies and uh, procedures uh, towards a pre a determined
1: end. Now that's, there's a lot in there. So I just want to bring a few points out. He says, bravery, pure love, and service can help the aspirant to bring enlightenment into the being. But that's not all there is. Now that, these are the first steps, and it's kind of a prerequisite. But he says there's more. He then says enlightenment is a result of the controlled application of specific energies and procedures towards a predetermined end. The predetermined end, of course, is enlightenment. Um, but the energies and procedures, he goes into the next few paragraphs, And he he mentions three main energies and that is physical, mental, and psychic. So he says you need to um, focus your physical energies in a certain way according to the laws of God. And so you you follow the commandments, You, you don't kill, you try and help people in the physical structure. That's important. And then you also do the same mentally. So you control your mind. You know, your your thoughts have great effect, which we learned before. Uh, Negative thoughts will bring people down. You try and control your your mind to uplift through prayer, healing, and being positive and helpful and uplifting and teaching. And then he goes into the psychic energies, the psychic aspect. And uh, Dr. King will go into that a little bit later on himself, but it's talking here specifically about harnessing the great pranas that come from the sun. And you you harness these and you use them in different ways. One way, of course, is breathing exercises, and there's many other ways too. But these are the three main aspects that you then start to really hone in on and focus on. All the while, the most important aspects are, of course, bravery, love, and service. But then while you're doing that, you're also honing in and really focusing uh, your physical, mind, structure, actions, your mental, your thoughts, and then your psychic, which is harnessing the pranas, your deep breathing, etc. So that, that's the essence. And it's... We're going to kind of pause here and spend most of the class really uh, talking about this, these, one, these two sentences in different ways.
0: There has there's been all, um, many, many people who are psychic uh, sufficiently, um, and being psychic by the way doesn't mean that you're spiritually advanced. It means that you have, a, you have an operating uh, chakra with certain abilities to perceive. Maybe not understand what you perceive, but you can see. However, there's enough evidence, um, and there's some wonderful books out there, Annie Besant and Leadbeater and other people who have written books on thought forms. And when you look at this segment of the, this fourth freedom, on um, the mental man, then we learn very much that the thoughts that we possess really shape and mold our life. They can be constructive or destructive. And primarily, they end up being illusionary. If you really look at your thought pattern, as we should, we find that we have images we create with our God-given abilities, and we set them out into the wondrous tapestry of God's uh, fantastic uh, world. And in that, on many planes, it sets into motion, and the Master has mentioned this, it sets into motion a series of events. And you become the wonder, if you start to think of thought so often, that it actually comes into reality. Circumstances, desires, if you, have, you think about something that you want, and you think it enough, and you desire it enough, then the circumstances come in life to you. And you have that which you desire, which you've thought about. Now here the Master, Mars chapter 6, is advising us strongly, from vast experiences, Wisdom that is beyond, beyond, that we need to control our mental picturizations and use them. And he specifically says that mental man can so control his picturization that he can direct his mental energies towards a goal, which is an all-wise constructive, a goal of service, of spiritual cooperation. Spiritual cooperation. A great beam of creative, controlled mental energy can be directed towards all terrestrials so that those ready will be mentally transmuted by this constructive, creative beam of energy. Think about it. Think about what he just said, uh, said to us. He just said to us that a great beam of creative, controlled mental energy can be directed towards all terrestrials so that those ready will be mentally transmuted. We don't have to visit India. We don't have to visit uh, any part of the world. We can actually send each and every one of us, individually or more powerfully, cooperating together as a band of brothers and sisters and send a great beam of collective power and mentally transmute.
1: Well, the the point is, too, that um, you're sending these energies out anyway. And so it's important to focus these energies in the right way. Because if you don't do it in the way Mars sector 6 says that you should then it's going to be, at the best case gray or neutral. At the worst case, bringing other people down. Perhaps inadvertently, but bringing other people down. And so we have to be thinking anyway. So it's important to keep our thoughts up. Um, even, even if you are feeling down, and this may seem like an, an odd thing. Um, I know certain psychologists and whatnot say, let it all out. You know, if you're feeling bad, just let it go. Um, but that's not always the best case. You, you, sometimes you can, you can act happy, you can act pleasant, and it will help bring you up and then bring other people up too. If you think about it a little bit, if if you're acting happy, even though maybe you aren't happy, but if you're acting happy, those around you will kind of respond in a positive way. And it will then help you lift yourself up.
0: One of the things in the early days when I first uh, joined the staff of the Aetherius Society, I was very troubled by my inefficiency and my um, inexperience. But that was just back then? That was just yesterday. <laughs> we're going to edit that out right there. And, um, and it was back in the 70s, and um, I was perplexed half the time. I was extremely worried that I was not doing the right thing uh, for the, the master in the church. And so as a result, I stumbled, and most all the things that I did were not done correctly. They were done half-heartedly because I was fearful and worried that I would do something wrong and thereby uh, stop the flow of the work that was going on and create some trouble. So this went on for a short period of time, I think. Um, and one day, uh, Master King uh, allowed me to go on a walk with him, which was a traditional event here at night. About 10 o'clock, he would take his, his dog, Sandy, uh, and put her on a leash, and he had elected one or two men, or sometimes three men, to walk with him for about 20 minutes. An evening stroll at 10 o'clock and during that time I would be quiet because the master needed to speak first and I was very apprehensive and I was uh, well I was apprehensive and he said to me out of out of the blue he said Richard he said you need to act and then when you act you shall become that which you act and I thought for a moment, what did he mean by that? And then, of course, I contemplated on this, I thought about it deeply, and I said, aha. And then he said the next day, or the next day, he said, right, he says, now, I want you to do this, give me an assignment to do, and it took a man of a different experience pattern that I had, but I remembered what he said. He said, act, and then you'll become that which you act. And so I put on this false bravado, this false personality, of assurance, and, and I knew what I was talking about. To a degree I did, but I was young in those days. And I, I went about the task at hand I was given, and lo and behold, the people that were around me that I related to took me as being confident, number one. Number two, when I came back to report that the issue that, or the job that was needing to be done was done successfully, and he praised me, he said, very good, what did you learn? I says, well, I acted. And I didn't know really, I didn't have that experience, but I acted and it went over well. So I guess the point of the story is that from my personal experience, I learned something very vital that carried on throughout the years, that I learned that strength, if you're weak, you can think strength in yourself and you will have strength. If you uh, desire, if you need uh, inspiration, then think uh, for inspiration. Think inspiration, inspiration comes to you. In other words, we are the creators of our conditions. And so at the beginning of any circumstance, as we grow, learn to understand our evolutionary path through the nine freedoms, then we learn that imaging, picturization is vitally important to success. Very important to our success. And negative thoughts, negative images, Acceptance of anyone else, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, I don't care who they are, as they may say something to you that sticks on your mind that you're not this and you can't ever be that. Don't accept it. Rebuke it. Take it as an attack. Don't attack them. Pray for them. But go back to yourself and say, I am this and continue your constructive day and formulate your days and weeks and months and plan. And we'll go into predetermination here soon.
1: That would be next. Mark, let's roll. Let's extract number three. This is our master speaking on predetermination.
3: Every unit of energy that you use must be used either constructively or destructively, or uh, neither constructively nor destructively. There are only three ways to use energy. One white, one black, and one grey, if you like. But no matter how you use this energy, you are responsible for every micro unit of its use. It's a shocking thing, isn't it? Staggering thing. Really, we need to be brave to have such a thought. Because if we're honest, immediately we begin to realize great heavens, look how I have wasted my life. We all think this. Every honest man admits that he could have done more with his life. No matter how that life is devoted to service, every honest man admits this. The fools don't. And if a man doesn't, classify him at once as a fool and walk away from him no matter what titles or what freedoms he offers you. So, we must use all energy towards that predetermined end. Must predetermine the end, no matter what it is. If you come together in prayer, as many of you do, automatically you begin to predetermine your end. Your end, in this case, is to send out energy for world peace or enlightenment or world healing or something like that. This is predetermined determining an end of a certain action. And your prayer goes out. But if you come together, Oh, let us pray. Without predetermining any end at all, you might just as well say, Cat, 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 or dog, dog, dog. Believe me. If you stand in church, in a temple, in a serious house, or in a market square, and sing a hymn, without predetermining the end of that hymn, you might just as well sing Tiger Rag in a backstreet bar. Believe me, it's true. It's absolutely true. I told you I was going to be very straight tonight. I'm laying the truth down in simple language. But if you come together to sing a hymn, for somebody's benefit, for the benefit of the world, for the benefit of building a temple, no matter what that end is, especially if it's a good end, then if it is a good end, you have done some good. Now this might be very simple to a lot of you, but uh, maybe it hasn't dawned on some of you. So we must predetermine the end of all things.
1: It's also important to use this idea of predetermining an end to your life. It, it's so, these days we have so many distractions and so many different pressures putting on us by our family and our friends and our jobs and, and just trying to survive uh, in this world. And it, it's easy to be to react, it's easy to react to all the different demands. And if you are spending your whole time reacting, you are not predetermining where your energies will take you. And there's many books out these days in the business world which can be applied to people in the spiritual world as well. And One good one is called First Things First. And it's it's important to Every so often, reflect on where your life is going. Where are your energies going in your life? Where, where is the progression on the path that you are taking you? And look ahead a month, a year, three years, five years and kind of plan it out, think it through. Get one of these little books that kind of take you through it and plan things out a little bit. Because later on, Mars chapter 6 says there's another thing that's important in getting to enlightenment. And that is, this is brought about by strict control and the manipulation of the individual's karmic pattern through service, and so on. So you need to think about manipulating your karmic pattern. You know, what are the difficulties that you have in this life? Where might they have come from? and how can you change the way you're doing things that will learn the lesson that that difficulty is presenting you. You know what I mean? You've got th- think of it in that way, you know. Think of all lessons, all challenges, all difficulties are great gifts that your higher self has designed for you. These aren't just things that, that are a pain, that they're just obstacles there to kind of slow you down. They're there to to build you up, to strengthen you, to help you learn what you need to learn to go forward. And it's important to, to really think about that. And it, what one trick that, that I use is, is to you need as many I find I need as many tricks as possible. Because there's so many reactions that 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 you react to. Um, So I I like to think of these things every new moon. It's a new cosmic cycle. So it's kind of a natural time to kind of force yourself to stop. If you choose to do a fast that day, that's fine. But take the new moon and and really think about things. Write things down. Say, where am I at? What did this last month give me? What can I do this this next month? Because we all do the, the January 1st thing, I think but use the, use the different natural rhythms that you go through to help you manipulate your karma and predetermine where your life will, will lead you.
0: One may ask, how do I organize my mind to predetermine? How do I stop the rapid thoughts that rush through my consciousness? How do I learn how to bridle the wild horse of my ego? And Master King gives a very, very straight and clear practical method by which we can learn concentration. It's concentration, the word virtually means what it is. Concentration. and of all the exercises of which are probably millions uh, spoken about forever, he speaks of one, and that is prayer. And he says it this way, Prayer is a way to give spiritual healing to others, just as surely it is a potent way by which man, each man, can give himself a powerful and transmuting balanced form of healing. Because God knows we need healing when we're going about our day-to-day, ourselves, as the healers. Because of its direct reaction upon the psychic forces, the psychic centers, the mental forces, as well as a balancing factor on the flow of psychic energies through the subtle and physical nervous systems within the etheric and dense bodies, The frequent use of prayers can also help man to so control his psychic and mental forces that he becomes capable of deep, sustained concentration. So, if we're talking about what can you do to start forming your predetermination, you can accomplish two things at once. One, you can practice concentration by invoking your divine force, your prayer mode. And you set a motion, the 12 blessings or a direct prayer for a particular person or a place or a thing. And you go about and you throw your consciousness into this. One of the tips the Master gives in the question and answers of this particular lecture series, which, once again, I strongly advise you all who don't possess this Nine Freedoms Lecture series that Master King went into detail and gave many, many tips and assisting concepts is that he gave a, a very simple practice and an understanding that the conscious mind has been so free for millions of years. Each lifetime we give it rain, each lifetime we allow it to express itself, each lifetime we limit it by our actions, our karmic actions. He says, when you sit and start your, let's start at the beginning, concentrated practices. Let's say you're going to set your mind and pray for um, world peace, and you close your eyes. And, uh, in rushes all these different things you forgot to do, things you have to do, things you're going to do, etc., etc., etc. All these thoughts come through. Instead of forcing your mind to say stop, you allow your mind, your consciousness, to continue. And he describes it like a fish on a hook. You give it line. It's let it go out, let it go out, let it go out, let it go out, and your consciousness will get tired. This type of mind will get tired. And when it gets tired, you have it. Then you leap into your spiritual direction, your predetermined spiritual act. And it will be suffused, and it'll be tired, and it won't bother you for as long as you go into your, your action. Do you understand what, that process? Allow your mind to exhaust itself, the lower self to lower mind to exhaust itself, and then you set your higher mind, your spiritual mind, into action, and then you'll find you have with unencumbered time to proceed. So concentration is very yes, watch it. Are you saying that will stop? I've experienced this. That the thoughts subside to almost whisper nothings your higher mind, or your, your ancientness, starts to take control. And then you start to focus, and this is where you've got to take advantage of this, because once the fish has been wound out, then you've got to reel it in, in the sense that now the reeling in is the direct predetermined action. If it's a spiritual practice, if you're leaping into, like say, you're, you're con- concentrating on the nine freedoms. If you want to read, let's say, a, a page, without your mind driving you nuts, You have to let the mind go off and let it take, let the line go out as the Master describes it, the fish going off and then once it exhausts itself, and you'll feel this, everybody will feel this, believe it or not. It'll take some time, because you'll be surprised. But when it happens, then it's like a a calmness. It's a serenity. And then you leap into that which you're concentrating upon. That's why he's mentioning prayer. If you're going to study the teachings, study the teachings. But in the same token, Throw in a little prayer, because he's advising us, strongly advising us all, that prayer accomplishes so many tasks. It sends out the power to the target, to the people, and at the same time, it flushes you with this wondrous light, and it helps your body, your mental bodies, your psychic bodies, the different
1: bodies that we possess. When you're talking about prayer, do you want to jump down to uh, this other extract? Yes, let's go there. Uh, Mark, why don't you play, number six, extract number
3: six. You might regard the psychic energy in some of you as sour milk. It has to be washed out. The more it's washed out quickly with other power, pure power, the water, which is symbolic for psychic energy, the more it is washed out with it, the cleaner the vessel becomes. If some of the healers, like Harry Edwards and so on, was to suddenly stop healing, uh, he'd go absolutely stark raving mad. If he was to suddenly stop it and consciously close that power in, in himself, he would be a raving idiot. No doubt. No doubt. It's got to go out. It's got to flow. Some of you who are taking part in spiritual exercises and so on, it's no good doing these once a week or once a month. No good. It's got to flow. At least once a day, the minimum. Once a day, even if it's in your own room. Once a day, the minimum. Don't suddenly start up a practice like sending out power whether it's a violet flame or no matter what it is, don't suddenly start it and leave it for a month because you will suffer in mental health and in physical health. There's no doubt. If you don't believe me, try it. I will guarantee you will. Now, sending it out regularly, you become pure chance. That's what he means here. Get rid of those psychic blocks. And you can start to think clearer, too.
1: Should we pause for a couple of questions? Anybody have any questions on the...
2: yes, I have a question. <coughs> Saint uh, Gulen. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, in the Roman Catholic Church, we have saints, canonised saints that like Mother Teresa is about to be canonized. Mm-hmm. Why why do you call Guling a saint? Has he re-
1: reached a very high stage in, in the spiritual path? Well he he's a member of the Great White Brotherhood, thank Guling. He's um, he's an ascended master, so he's actually gone through right the way through um, what, the uh, the sixth freedom. So he, he's, he's an ascended master. He's finished the sixth freedom. He has the uh, ability to go to another world, uh, but he chose to stay back and help mankind. So he, uh, um, along with you know, many hundreds of other masters, are uh, members of the ascended hierarchy, or ascended masters. And, because he's actually of Chinese descent. Oh, well, he's Chinese descent. Yes.
2: And when did he how many years ago? I don't know. Roughly,
1: roughly. 2,000, oh.
2: so
0: 2000 2,500. Let's go back to saint, because it's very important. That's a good question. I think other people have wondered about that. And I don't think there's really a definitive answer that we can give you now, but we'll look into it. safe to say that a saint is someone that has been canonized, that has performed three, is yes. three? Yes. Uh, documented or witnessed miracles. Mm-hmm. Now, without being... Facetious. I would say that every ascended master, man or woman, that's in the Great White Brotherhood have performed more than three miracles because they are ascended. And before we are ascended, we will be performing many miracles, more than three. Maybe they're not documented by the Roman Catholic Church, but they have actually happened in one form or another. Tonight we'll be talking about, for instance, uh, an operation called Prayer Power, which the Aetherian Society performs. And it is performed modern-day miracles. I love to call Brian Saint Brian Kniep, because I believe he's a saint in my heart. I believe his middle don't...
1: name is Christian. His middle
0: name is Christian, Saint Christian Kniep. Why not Saint Wajid, Hassan? I know, but you see, isn't it ridiculous how we kind of like label uh, people Saint? And they've done three things, and that's okay, now we're going to call them saints. And it goes through years of talking about it, around the boardrooms having a cigar and brandy at the Vatican. No, we're talking, the reality is the fact that there are many saints in this world. If we use that criteria, and they are the common man and the common woman who are performing divine spiritual work for the world right here right now and some of them are in this temple. So let's go forward. Saint Guling is one of the key communicators and has been from the Great White Brotherhood throughout the many years since the inception of the Aetherius Society and he was the one who helped form the Aetherius Society whilst the Master was in deep meditation three nights and four days, some years ago, before the Ether Society was commenced, there was a rapport between these two masters.
2: Why is it that Dr. George King is not called a saint?
1: Very good question. By us? By the Ether Society or by? Yes,
2: yes. Well, I mean, yes, in general.
1: A large part of, of the work that he did on Earth, <coughs> he did a lot of uh, moving around the different realms and uh, uh, fixing problems. He was more of a, a spiritual warrior. He would like that term a lot better. And he, he formed his, his brotherhood um, to be more of a spiritual commando force than to be, say, a, a group of monks or, or a monastery. He built the Ethereum Society not to be a monastery, but to be a, a spiritual commando force. Because he felt that this is what is needed on earth today, is hard and direct action. and In many cases, um, difficult action, physically difficult action. Many of the missions that he's left us um, are physically difficult. So
2: Maybe he is also trying to uh, show the people you can be just an ordinary person who or do certain things and be highly spiritual. Now, for sure, you know, I read some of the things in this book. He has definitely reached the kundalini power, uh, just like uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, in my opinion, I have not read anywhere, that Jesus Christ uh activated kundalini only after he went to India. There is nothing mentioned in the Bible from his 12th year to the 30th year. Mm. He performed miracles only after his 30th year. Mm. That is after he came from India. He learned and he got the power. So they, therefore, he <coughs> performed miracles. <coughs> so, my uh, belief is that he is, uh, there's no question about it. Is
1: a saint. Mm. No, that's a very good question. Um, actually, if, if people didn't hear, the question was why didn't, why don't we in the Ethereum society call Dr. King a saint? That was what we answered. But no, that's a, that's a very good point. And he, he did, he, his message was that miracles can be done by ordinary people. Yes. And that and that's really what the, uh, the nine freedoms tells us. Is, you know, your service and your love um, are performing miracles. You may not know what miracle you perform. There may be someone in another country that just needs that bit of energy that you are releasing. That's a miracle. Very good point.
0: He, he says it. Oh, Martha, please. I
3: oh, no, if you want to continue
0: with that please. Well, I'll hold on to your thought. Concentrate. Um, <laughs> He says very clearly, I came to this world to fight. And he came to the world to fight to defend and protect all humanity. He came to clear the stables of the evil ones who assailed and assaulted and uh, wreaked havoc on mankind. That was his primary task. And he did that very successfully. And most of it we can't even describe in public. However, getting back to the Master Jesus, There's a wonderful cassette, if you're interested, it's called The Occult Secrets of Jesus. The Master King was very close, and to this day, obviously is very close to the Master Jesus. And he describes various aspects of the Master Jesus' life, his his exalted uniqueness, and little secrets that people didn't know about him. Even his name, while he was on earth. So, you probably very fascinated to, to pick that up for, I think it's five or seven dollars or something like this. It's mm. here? Yes, it is here. It's very, it's very good to listen to this and contemplate. Oh, uh, sorry, I'll use the correct words. Allow yourself to listen, open, and relate. Because in will flow, once again, interesting energies and memory. Memory. It's said in this book, those who come across the Nine Freedoms, were destined your destiny brought you to these teachings so you must have been at the feet of a master like jesus or the lord buddha or shri krishna certainly in our lifetimes upon our world so uh, thank you very much again for that uh, the question martha regarding the ionosphere and it it, it it is you don't have to <laughs> I mean, we can give advice, and um, I think the advice here is that uh, the Cosmic Masters foresaw that we would require assistance. And the ionosphere was placed and strengthened quite a few hundreds of thousands of years ago, and it's been strengthened. And at this very moment, uh, it seems as though it is actually uh, being dissipated or uh, lessened. But these cosmic teachings were given so that we could adjust to these newfound energies that are flowing from, not only from our planetary family, which is our planets and the cosmos, but also from the Mother Earth herself, in which our unique energies are now flowing up from her. That's another complete discussion regarding the cosmic initiation of the planet Earth. On July the 8th, 1964, this event occurred. However, that said, it is up to us, I think, to take these teachings, apply them in our day-to-day life, and we will see the changes occur, and as the Master of Theory says, you know, with single-managed determination, with your spiritual will, carry on, cooperate, and we will promise you a million helpers, paraphrasing him. So we have assistance. We have people that are standing behind you and assisting you in your today to day And the more devout and the more spiritual you are every day, you will have greater assistance. And this natural, beautiful natural raising of the Kundalini will slowly but surely go up and these flowers will blossom and you will attain the various interesting abilities that have been spoken about for ages. All the different cities
1: um i'd also like to answer that a little bit that uh ionosphere problem they put that there in essence to protect us because we as a race as a civilization tended to use the energies incorrectly unfortunately it blocked all the energy or, or it, shall we say it filtered all the energies both the good and the negative negative. and so uh, that's why it's been taking us so long to get to where we're supposed to be going. Um, But that's the the genius of satellite number three. That comes into orbit and that virtually bypasses the ionosphere, but only with the good energies, you see? And so as you are here underneath the ionosphere and you make a demand on um, energy to send out healing and upliftment, that energy is given to you through the ionosphere, or, shall we say, around the ionosphere. But if you try and pull energy down for a negative um, use, it doesn't come. And that's one of the the geniuses uh, of satellite number three. It helps us build up positive karma more quickly than ever before. And that's why it's so important to, you know, really treat the SP as a spiritual push and push. Push. You know, do your practices. Do your, do your affirmations. Do your prayers. Um, come to uh, the Ethereum Society or other churches or other organizations where you're helping people. And really do it in concentrated effort during a spiritual push, especially. That's, that's a great question. Um, Thank you. Yeah. We better, uh, let's, let's jump ahead to um, we the breathing and limitation one.
0: Yeah, let's listen to that. That's a good one.
1: Extract number five, or oh. uh, track five, Mark. Master King.
3: One of the most potent exercises on earth is deep breathing. What do you do when you do deep breathing? Well, the first thing you do is to train the mind. To exercise free will, not at all. You train the mind to put up with limitation. Control of breath isn't free will. It's imposing limitation upon your breathing. When you give service to others, you are, too, imposing a limitation upon your actions. When you go to others, you listen to their woes and so on. You are imposing a limitation upon yourself because you are taking upon yourself a part of their responsibility as well. This is imposing a limitation upon yourself. This isn't letting a basic free will take you down to sunbathe at Santa Barbara, but to sit in a back room listening to some other person pour out their woes and troubles or giving healing, whatever it might be. Service is imposing a limitation. It is the imposition of a limitation upon, certainly upon the basic self, there isn't any doubt at all. And yet, many people do it every day and are continuing to give this service in one way or another, either by prayer, whatever it might be. My friends, if you are to know freedom, you must be willing to give up your free will. If you are not, you will never know freedom.
1: That brings up a a real keynote in the teachings that the Cosmic Masters give us. That is, the lessons all the way from the galaxy to the the Sun to the Mother Earth to the Ascended Masters who stayed behind on Earth. The, The lesson is to reach the heights, reach as high as you can, but then bring yourself back down to give service to those Uh, around you. And and here he's saying it again, give service. Do your breathing exercises, um, do your spiritual reading, but also give service wherever you possibly can. Help people out, especially spiritually. And for example, if you listen to some of his tapes and lectures, he talks about uh, different spiritual practices that are very powerful. The AUM for example. You can just sit and and chant the AUM for hours and hours and hours. And he says in that particular lecture uh, that this can bring you great states, great ecstatic states, just by chanting the AUM over and over and over again. But he says that rather than do that, it's far Better for yourself, and especially for the world, to give service, whether it be spiritual healing or the Twelve Blessings. In 1973,
0: after due consideration, the Master King devised and put into play an operation called Prayer Power. In which he brought forward to the membership and the world an opportunity to collectively, once again, it goes back to this spiritual cooperation, not spiritual isolation, spiritual cooperation. And he put into play prayer and astro metaphysics. His understanding of radionics. His understanding of the laws of nature allowed him great creative abilities and he brought it into physical manifestation and created a spiritual energy radiator and he created a spiritual energy battery and throughout the years for different modes of operation he developed Operation Prayer Power that gave all humanity an opportunity to come together to combine the tibetan Buddhist mantras and the prayers of the twelve blessings of the Master Jesus invoking an enormous amount of spiritual energy sometimes on a holy mountain sometimes in a temple like here sometimes in a small little hall or sometimes in Caxton Hall in London and as it developed this battery would be charged with this directed spiritual power, and captured like quicksilver, compressed, becoming cosmic energy. Now, it's easy to say what I just described, but it took him years. It took hundreds of man-hours for individuals to be guided under his tutorage, under his guidance, to create the machines and to create these devices to exact, exact specifications to a thousand, sometimes to a ten thousandths of an inch. Quality, quality, quality was his foremost key factor when he produced these essential pieces of equipment. Now, Operation Prayer Power. When we're talking about service to humanity, it's an opportunity for every single man, woman, and child to join in and invoke their divine power together and focus it into this battery and from that position, when the world has drastic occurrences, for instance, earthquakes, loss of life, buildings completely destroyed, tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, droughts, even wars, Operation Prayer Power is a prime example of how we can cooperate together, join in this freedom of service, not self-service, not selfishness, not praying from our home, getting in our car, driving to that center, spending the two hours and a half in hard work for mankind, knowing with our faith in our God that this power that's been collected will be directed to the needy places of the world. I can remember, Brian can remember, those of us around can remember, if he caught wind of things that were happening before they happened. He knew that hurricanes were gonna strike, let's say Mexico, coming in through the Yucatan and hit Mexico, he knew, and he was receiving information that this was gonna be a major disaster and he went into immediate action. This whole headquarters went into a, a combat mode, a military mode. He had people assigned to various areas, surrounding the property for security. He had certain uh, personnel staged in the SER rooms. He had the battery that was filled with a certain amount of energy, a certain quality of energy he well knew, and he had it dispersed out into the world, manipulated by extraterrestrial beings and also great white brotherhood members to the target area. And he orchestrated the whole thing consciously. Standing up before a world map, Operation Prayer Power, went into action, and if you read the news articles and if you studied the events, you'll see it was miraculous how things just worked out. Silently, it slipped away in the news. No one cared much more about it. Why? Because the miracle had happened. Well, there's no news to miracles anymore. It's just another thing. It's like sunlight, who cares? It's there every day, so what? So here we have an opportunity to, to perform a major magical service for the planet in
1: Operation Prayer Power. You, you mentioned how long it took him to devise this, this, the machinery. But you you didn't mention how much time and trouble it took him to train us to invoke this power. Yes. Uh, I yes. think. Yes. Possibly he would have said that that was even the more difficult Yes, task. yes. Because he, he taught um, the people uh, back in the 70s when it started. Um, well, first of all, you devise the, the the ritual where you have the, uh, as Richard mentioned, the, the, the Tibetan Buddhist Mantra Circle and then the, the prayer team. Um, but he had to teach the people how to invoke the mantra and it's a very different Recitation of mantra then um, is used in most most places. Most places are very kind of gentle and 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 beautiful sounding, um, but he had people be very dynamic in the in the initial times, uh, very dynamic with his mantras, and then he also had to teach people how to invoke the prayer energy to collect this this energy with the mant- of the mantras and collect it and then with all your love and yet power, pressure to push the energy into the battery. And he he was virtually teaching people to manipulate energy as adepts could in the past. And he actually mentioned this on certain occasions that a person in front of the battery with a team of mantra members around them, they are actually manipulating tremendous power which only adepts could do in, in uh, decades gone by. And this took a tremendous effort to him, for him to train people to get that concentration, get that compassion, get that love, and, and put it together with the pressure to push it into the battery. And then also teach people how to assess this energy so they knew how or what kind of energy, what quality energy was going in the battery. It's quite a, an accomplishment. Watch it.
2: So, what's Operation to do with item?
0: It is a global healing service. It is a one of the most powerful forms of global service that you can perform in the world today, bar none. And this is a direct comment from the Master Atherius. It is written now as one of the missions. As far as the cosmic plan for the peace and enlightenment of this planet, Operation Prayer Power is, it is a divine opportunity, let's encapsulate this, it is a divine opportunity for anyone to join in a spiritual cooperative event in which we can collect our energy, direct it to the prayer in this case, it's placed directly into the battery, and there it's contained until it's needed, and then it's dispersed. In this case, during the spiritual pushes, we have
1: regular discharges. It's a good question though, what what it has, because it's obviously everyone who who will listen to this won't be near prayer power as well. And I think the reason that we bring up prayer power is that, you know, in, in, in this freedom of enlightenment, Mars Sector 6 states that it's not good enough just to go through the bravery, the love and the service. You have to go beyond that. Um, and he, he mentions very specifically, manipulate your karma. And there's few finer ways to manipulate your karma than coming together in something like Operation Prayer Power. Um, also, it, it's good to um, bring your... Effectively, help the world. It's, it's really the key to enlightenment these days. We, we want to go, go out of our way to not go the direction of going into the hills and the mountains and, and do a deep breathing and do our things alone. We want to move the other direction and come together in different ways. It might be a 12 blessings group, if you aren't near prayer power. It might be um, uh, other kinds of, of spiritual groups. Um over here works with the Sai Bapa people. You know, there's many, many different ways that people can come together But the keynote is, in fact, coming together. Operation Prayer Power happens to be an extremely potent one, which we talk about here in Los Angeles, because we can do that here.
0: So to summarize and watch it, thank you very much for your question and how Operation Prayer Power relates to enlightenment. And to go back to the words of Mars Sector 6, and let me repeat for emphasis so that we all can have a better understanding about what he says in clear English is that enlightenment is a result of the controlled application of specific energies and procedures towards a predetermined end. So, you know, Brian, wouldn't you agree that Operation Prayer Power is designed to apply specific energies and procedures towards a predetermined end?
1: Operation Prayer Power is definitely uh, fits that bill very well and it was designed specifically to do those things by our Master Dr. King. And so therefore if we are
0: to start manipulating our karmic pattern at the same time serving our world, this mission was designed to do just this. Now the question poses itself at this point, how does the person over in Tulsa, Oklahoma or someplace in Paris, France possibly attend a center where Operation Prayer Power is performed. And this was taken into consideration in the original concept. And the method by which one can help this great mission and thereby helping one's karmic pattern as well as mainly and chiefly helping the world through this Mass Global Healing Mission is to help financially. There are a number of needs in the funding of this cosmic mission. There is the repair of existing equipment, the maintenance. There is the replacement of certain elements of this mission's equipment. And of course there are the costs to employ, specially highly-trained individuals, technicians, to build and
1: operate these unique devices. There's also also the expansion. Uh, Already we have Operation Prayer Power Centers uh, in Los Angeles and Detroit. Uh, We have a center in Auckland, New Zealand. We have a center in London, England. Uh, A center in uh, the north of England, uh, Barnsley and an occasional center in Derby. Uh, so all these places currently have Operation Prayer Power um, weekly or in some cases monthly. And as new centers get ready for this, this mission to be uh, opened, we'll, we'll need more batteries and, and, or more uh, other types of radionic equipment to get them on the air. And this, this is a very uh, time-consuming and expensive endeavor Because you can't just go to an outside firm and say, build me a Operation Prayer Power Battery, because they wouldn't know what you're talking about. So these things have to be done in-house. It takes a lot of time and care, and extremely specialized uh, skills are needed.
0: Excellent point, excellent point.
1: Now, of course, even just praying for the missions of the Ethereum Society and being a, uh, a sympathizer or a friend or a member of the Ethereum Society is also a form of support for Operation Prayer Power. You know there are many ways uh, obviously the best way of course is to attend Operation Prayer Power itself but there are many many other ways that you can help support this vital cosmic mission and if you have any questions um, contact uh, us. Contact a, a local center, uh, email us, and we'll be more than happy to explain how you can help this this essential mission move forward.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. You know, one last thought, that in the dreams of many of us in our youth and throughout our life, we kind of think about how can we saddle up to and be next to a, a master and rub shoulders and kind of join in a great spiritual campaign with a master. And here we have Operation Prayer Power that's touched
1: by masters. Well, that's another good point. It's said in in, uh, days of old that the quickest way to advance is to be in the aura of a master. And while Master King is no longer in the physical plane of Earth, He still has his missions, he still has his teachings, and so very much he created the Brotherhood of the Aetherius Society in such a way that it really, as much as possible, imbues it with his aura, and the more that you can associate yourself with his missions, with his teachings, then you are, in essence, uh, in his aura.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great opportunity. Let's, let's think about this. Contact us at the Ethereum Society website or by phone and investigate. Investigate this mission. We're just making this hopeful suggestion that you turn to this great mission. It's a wonderful opportunity
1: to serve the world and your great karmic pattern. Very important. And now let's let's move on and see what else we can get out of this wonderful text. The fourth freedom, enlightenment. Um, but what's being said here is that to get there, you have to do different things than you had to do in the past. Okay, so the the freedom of enlightenment. He, he's not kind of say he's not he's not really describing the freedom of enlightenment. He's describing how to get to that enlightenment state, okay? In other words, you you do bravery, love, service, but then you have to do more to get to enlightenment. And he's describing in this text of what to do to get to enlightenment. And one of the key things that we're bringing up is prayer power, if you possibly can, is a tremendous aid to get yourself to enlightenment for the reason that we stated. Does that, does that answer
0: your question? What we haven't covered, it uh, in our 90-minute our 90, our 90 uh, study group tonight is that there is a large segment that is not covered in which he does cover in, in the Nine Freedoms, and that is the description of what concentration and then evolving into contemplation and then evolving into true meditation, and that is a, that is a large segment of what enlightenment truly is, those states and that's a series of events that we will enjoy on the proviso that we have bravery, we have love, we perform service, and then we will gradually through these pro- this processes of these three, we will gain enlightenment naturally via these efforts. It is not really a, a state of mind, it is a freedom and once it exists, it's much like love. It's everlasting. And so it's not something we, we r- climb up a hill and we fall back down the hill, per se. It's like it's a climb and it's earned. And once we reach that, gradually through service, in which we all will, by applying these, these measures through the nine freedoms, then we'll experience this beautiful, beautiful freedom. Um, I'd like to read something here that kind of gives um, a very nice uh, sweetness. Master Mars, Sector 6, he says, The freedom enlightenment is the fruit which can be cultivated in the spiritual garden of terrestrial man if he tends it with sufficient care, sufficient kindness, sufficient patience, sufficient tolerance. If he tends it with intelligence, if he tends it by manipulating his karmic patterns, through the right service, this will grow, blossom, and will bear all fruits, heed ye well, terrestrials. And so that this, this kindness we speak about, it's, it's interesting words, that's why we're studying this. These words, every word is so important to like take in and consider and concentrate and learn to contemplate. These things are important for us to kind of touch more. That's why we started this group, is to kind of like lift this this great book up into the light of day and, and look at it and say, my God, what a wonderful resource. And there's no way that, that Brian and I can really give you these glorious uh, freedom in, a, in a, an encapsulated phrase or some safe terminology, because it is a series of experiences that brings the state into being. But safe to say, we have been forming, as much as we can, a, the right pattern to set so that we can move through life in a positive way, knowing well, by the words of this cosmic master, that the forthcoming events will come to us.
1: It is, it is, it is a tough one. I mean, enlightenment, uh, like, like I mentioned earlier, and uh, you know, Richard and I talked about it as well, we, we knew that it was going to be a little bit different in these next three. Because um, we aren't at, at enlightenment. You know, it, it's, for us, it's, it, frankly, it's theoretical you know, for us. Um, but one thing that, that perhaps would be nice to, to read out now, just a very short thing, it's one of my favorite lines in this particular freedom. Ignorance is the result of the complication devised by terrestrial man. Therefore, enlightenment is Simplicity. Note that, use that as the text for your contemplation, and eventually when meditation is possible, much will be revealed. So just to repeat that one phrase, enlightenment is simplicity. And if we find our minds getting all muddled with, you know, you know, psychic energy and mental and physical and what are we going to do? Sometimes it's good to kind of step back and say, enlightenment, like God, is simplicity. And sometimes, you know, like when we learned in the second freedom that love is more than a state of mind. And of course, love is one of the, the things that you use to get to enlightenment. So enlightenment clearly is way more than a state of mind. And so sometimes our mind can kind of work too hard on these problems and you get muddled and you get confused and you get distracted and you get um, upset. And sometimes it's good to kind of sit back and say, enlightenment is simplicity. And it's almost like turning off your head and kind of going either into your heart or into your higher intuition and just let it, let it come into you, start to, to feel the way to go. You know, kind of revert back to the bravery and the love and the service and if, if you use your mind to try and drag everything together and say, okay, what am I going to do today, what am I going to do tomorrow? it might be elusive. But if you study these in the background, think about them, and then when you're trying to decide what to do, go back to the simplicity and feel the right thing to do. You know?
0: There's always a warning, and in, in the, the, the masters always give a, a warning. And in the end of this um, freedom, Master Mars Sector 6, refers to discrimination, not racial discrimination. Discriminating as far as truth versus downright lies. And it's very important. And they teach throughout, well, for since 1954, there were so many different beautiful transmissions and powerful transmissions that really isolated to discriminate, how to discriminate. And they teach from their position in the cosmos what to look for. So we're not going to do that tonight, but at ending here, discrimination is very important. He says here, for instance, while you slip like one of your animals from place to place, chewing here and there, you will not gain enlightenment. So it goes back to the service. Choose well, stand fast, know God. So it, there's a bargain here with the angels. You know see the bargain with the devil? Well, you bargain with the angels? In other words, if you want to gain enlightenment, which takes centuries and thousands and thousands of years, possibly, well, let's start knowing that this is up the ladder we're going to climb by continuing the first three freedoms. And that's what we're encouraging here. When we get to, watch is going to be sitting here, by the time we get to Saturnian existence, he's going to go, I have a question. <laughs> and we're going to say, we don't have the answer, but we're going to support with all the resources that we have and support in so many different ways these glorious freedoms that we have yet to experience but they're out there and it's
1: our future. Speaking about discrimination, is one of these business books, I forget which one it was, I think it might've been First Things First and they say that a lot of people focus on climbing up the ladder as efficiently and as well and as perfectly as possible. And there's lots of books, lots of techniques, lots of effort put into climbing up the ladder. But it's very very important that you make sure before you start climbing up your ladder that it's on the right building. If it's on the wrong building then you're going to end up on the wrong place. And so it's it's key to to discriminate and know that you're on the right building. And that is the real absolute beauty of the Nine Freedoms, is it clearly tells you exactly what building you should be on, and even tells you how to climb up the ladder. Now it's up to you to learn how to climb up that ladder and really focus on climbing up that ladder. But at least with the nine freedoms, you are absolutely confident that your your ladder is on the right building. I think it would be nice to finish with that last like, extract. Yes. Let's just finish with the last, about a 20 second extract of Mars Sector 6 to kind of leave with a bit of, bit of power. Let's all just uh, close our eyes. And this time, once we listen to it, let's just raise our hands right afterwards and we'll just send a little bit of thanks and energy to this great master. So Let's prepare ourselves both to listen to and feel the energy and then give a little back. Mark number eight.
3: Serve, manipulate your karmic pattern. Then you will be allowed to walk through the dawn of enlightenment. Let's
1: raise your hands. Oh, divine and wondrous Parabrahma, We ask that Thy power, Thy light, Thy wondrous love, might flow to that great karmic lord, Mars Sector Six, at this time. We send to this one, Almighty God, our deepest thanks and appreciation for this great and wondrous wisdom that can help us along the path back to God, helping all those around us as we do so. Finish with the AUM, deep breath. For coming.
0: Thank you for coming. Thank you. you. All music, Mark. This brings to a conclusion the fourth freedom, Enlightenment. Next week we shall continue our study of the nine freedoms with the fifth freedom, Cosmic Consciousness. Those of you who wish to avail yourselves of the Aetherius Society materials and other holy works, please visit us at www.etherius.org, Your Cosmic Connection.